Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Also, I'm Kate Jinx. I'm Brody Lancaster. Jinxy, big news. What's the big news, BL? Carlin Maurizio. Oh my God. This is paining me because I have been, I hate to be like, I'm so busy, but I literally, I just really don't have time for anything at the moment. And it's paining me that I cannot devote the amount of time that the Carlin Mauricio story deserves, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the Kyle Cruschel era has begun. Mm. Um, yeah, Kyle Richards, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, um, mainstay, original OG housewife, um, is allegedly in a relationship, allegedly with a tattooed female country music singer called Morgan Wade, who I for months have been seeing Kyle's photos with Morgan Wade and being like, there's something something's not right like this person doesn't fit into this world like kyle richards hanging out with someone with neck tattoos is just mm. it's odd to me oh it's and odd. now there's the matching tattoos the matching rings kyle not wearing her wedding ring news of her and maurizio separating after 27 years it's a lot it's a lot to take in how do you feel about um the possibility of a um a kyle lesbian moment do you believe it's possible yeah, I've always believed that it's possible, I have to the say. Hats. The hats. The hats. Uh, it did feel like she really needed to get through, um, like, her girls growing up, you know. Mm-hmm. Just like Alison Dubois said famously um, in that beautiful episode, which is, like, one of the best. To Dinner me, party from hell. Yeah, to me it feels like a bottle episode of Real Housewives of yeah. Beverly Hills. 
Um, well, it was also it also gave us the morally corrupt Faye Resnick. That episode gave us so much. <laughs> it was like the birth of vaping. It was. I know. Alison Dubois, uh, like puffing away on an e-cig, is just burned into my retinas. If anyone is not familiar, it's um, Alison Dubois, famous Hollywood psychic who was the um, a, like originator of the show Medium, like the show Medium starring Patricia, Patricia Arquette, Arquette, Arquette yeah, was, yeah, based, was based on, on her. her. And so she is called in to a dinner party and just fully lets rip with the ladies of Rehob her. She gets shit tanked on like giant fishbowl like margaritas or something. Yeah, it's so good. And she had an, like an e-cigarette, like this is pre-vape um, territory. So it was just like the funniest, you know, when like it actually looked like a cigarette, but it was plastic. Yes. It's so funny. But it, like, it lights up at the end and like the color blue, but it still is shaped like a cigarette. Yes. Oh my God. It's so funny to me. Anyway, so she predicted, of course, that Kyle uh, would not be fulfilled by Maurizio. And it- know that, <laughs> know that. And it caused such a stir. Like Kyle hated this woman because deep down she knew it was right. Mm-hmm. Also that I feel like um, her distaste for Alison Dubois in season one really bled into Kyle's um, rejection of the kind of witchy Carlton many oh. seasons later. Mm. Remember she believed that Carlton put a spell on her <laughs> computer in her kitchen because the like word of the day screensaver just started saying like bigot. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And didn't she also, wasn't there some weird... Like, I don't know, like, did Carlton accuse Kyle of being, like, an anti-Semite? Or was it the other way around? I can't remember. Yeah, there was something in that because Maurizio's Jewish, right? Mm -hmm. Jewish Mexican. And so Kyle is married to a Jewish man and she sees, is it that she sees Carlton, I might have this wrong, it's been a while, but Carlton is wearing, like, a, um, a pentagram necklace or something and Kyle is like why are you wearing the star of David and she's like you don't know anything you're fucking stupid (laughs) and they just I mean they were gonna find any reason to hate her but also um like the Brandy Carlton all the like by housewives of that era like Kyle was very prudish towards Mm. them and so there's some repression at play I think there's definitely is some repression at play um I also think maybe she's sick of Mauricio just getting stoned constantly like maybe that's a that's at play I don't know Mm. like all we know is that with Kyle going full like Jackson and Ali main from A Star Is Born with Morgan (laughs) Wade like the next season of or seasons of Beverly Hills but also buying Beverly Hills Mauricio's version of Selling Sunset are going to be excellent TV Absolutely. I cannot wait for that show to return. I just want to put it out there. I really like Mauricio. He's my favourite Rahaba, her husband. Me too. um, Yeah. You know, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's what's been going on in my world, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So much then. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Jinxie? Um, I am... I'm I'm on this new... I've still got like some... I'm still like not... 100%. 100%. You can hear it in my weirdly, occasionally very husky voice, but uh, I'm not quite right yet. Um, but I'm on this new medication that has the weirdest side effect I have ever heard, BL. Like normally you'd be like, I don't know, like a rash or whatever. 
Uh-huh. This one is the main side effect is nightmares. <laughs> oh, you have very vivid dreams as it is. I've got sleep paralysis, so it's no, like you've got Kendall Jenner sleep paralysis. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have sleep paralysis and um I can get it all the time, but yeah, I, I have really vivid dreams like every no. single night. And now I'm on this medication where I'm just like when do they start? Apparently they start like a couple of weeks in and something like 68% of women who are on this medication experience nightmares. <laughs> oh, wait. So you have sleep paralysis. You're taking the medication for it. No, 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 and no, it no, gives no. You nightmares. no, no, no. I, I have sleep paralysis normally as just a yeah. human in this world, um, yes. but I'm on this other medication for something else, for something else. And it's going to give you nightmares on top of the sleep paralysis. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I just this had is, never heard of it. Like you're I, like going to be going to bed with like your blankets tucked under <laughs> your chin being like, when is Freddie coming? Oh my God, I just will never sleep. Like, I'm just going to truly turn into um, well, that's really good Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm Nancy. Yeah. 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 Oh, you can be like, I mean, not to invoke the devil, but Johnny Depp in his little crop top. <laughs> oh my that's God, you. that's cool. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't mind that. Anyway, that's so cool, that's, that's what's happening with me. So really Fuck. fun, really fun times over here. Oh my god, it's like the movie The Boogeyman. I haven't seen it yet, but very excited too. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people would listen to this not a lot of people, but like people would listen to this podcast and like over time and be like, you know, like screw this bitch. She's always going away on holidays, like she's always overseas for work, whatever. Please know that I'm on medication that gives me nightmares. <laughs> it's karma, baby. <laughs> Karma is a, not your boyfriend. <laughs> Karma is not my boyfriend, Kate Jinx's version. Wow, I'm very sorry to hear that. But also when the nightmares start, I kind of want to hear about them. Oh, I'll tell. I'll tell. Don't worry. Start a dream <laughs> journal so yeah. that you don't forget. Um, I went to the movies last week. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be talking about a lot of movies over the next couple of episodes. But... Um, just to kick us off, I saw No Hard Feelings. Oh, okay. Please let it rip. I need to know. Yeah. Okay. So I went to Gold Class at Crown for this for this monumental screening. Um, and my favorite part about it was that I ordered the popcorn sampler where you get three little tins of like flavored popcorn. and Like a popcorn flight. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and I fucking housed these little tubs of popcorn in the dark. My favorite was the rogue choice, Rocky Road. Little bits of like chalky and cherry in amongst the popcorn. Anyway, I also watched the movie. So the new Jennifer Lawrence movie, No Hard Feelings. I truly, Jinxie, I feel, not to quote Zoolander in 2023, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills because I don't get where all the great reviews are coming from like what were these what was everyone else watching Mm. because there was like maybe three laughs for me in the entire film but like you know the premise got a lot of criticism I guess when the trailer came out because everyone thinks that it's grooming like the main character's 19 um the like younger guy that she's like the plot is that her character is kind of recruited to like give him a adult experience before he goes off to college because he's this kind of sheltered nerdy kid um and he's great Andrew Barth Feldman this actor I mean J-Law's great too she's a great actress but um you know they address this kind of adult dating a teenager thing in the film so like I'm not I'm not critical of that or anything but 
I don't know. Like he, one of the funniest moments was like they went to their first dinner date where he like meets her at a bar and he orders a Coke and the bartender says, oh, "We just have Pepsi." And he's like, "Should we leave?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, which is great, but also like I don't know. I don't know if I'm so on board th- for. Was that your biggest laugh in the film? Yeah. That was my biggest laugh in the film. Yeah, absolutely. It was, I mean, you know, it's being framed as like Jennifer Lawrence's first comedy because it's, you know, she's the lead. Apart from all those interviews. Well, that's the thing, Jinxie. Like, she's the funny one. She's the funny girl. She, this one, this, she's like hot, but it does serious movies, but like eats burgers and trips. Like, and I just, I know that 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 reaction that I just expressed on the microphone is like, that's my own shit to deal with. You know, like (laughs) my resistance to like believing that a truly hot, brilliant, dramatic actress is like actually quote unquote, actually really funny. That's my own stuff to deal with. You know, I get it. I'm seeing like a starlet on a like late night talk show, folding up her legs underneath her on that like tub chair seat and saying like, Actually, I was bullied in high school because I was such a nerd and I was yes. really tall and thin and yeah. just people didn't couldn't deal with it. I know. It's like your expectations of her are to not have a personality. And so when she does have one, you're stunned. Um, and I feel like me saying all of this is verging on very chick magazine of me. Um, so I'm sorry. I'm aware of it. You know, I'm self-aware in my like... <laughs> woman hating vibe that I'm expressing <laughs> right now but like I just I, I'm I it wasn't a funny movie and so I'm like okay well why are we why are we giving her all this like comedic leading lady praise also the plot was like it tried to be too um like emotional and dramatic like there was so much um promise for this film like it had such potential to be like a true like rip snorter romp of a good time you know but instead they were like no we have to have her go through this like emotional journey about like living in montauk and being working like you know low-wage jobs surrounded by all these rich people who come in for the summer p.s watching this while reading the guest by emma klein i was like okay parallels um but i was kind of like where's Diablo Cody doing a pass on this script? Like where's the, where's the script writer who is going to be brave enough to like make her an absolute cunt of a woman? Because I feel like they weren't, they weren't committed enough to do that. Um, it, it felt kind of, instead of making her like heinous, like um, Charlie's Theron and young adult, it kind of went more like Farrelly brothers, like big daddy. It's like, you're just replacing Adam Sandler with Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> okay. Um, You're not making yeah. me want to see it. I mean, I'll never watch it again. Um, she Look, to, to, to mirror those critiques with some compliments, like she did full frontal nudity. She had this moment where she was kind of this like Amazonian psycho, like coming nude out of the beach to like fight people, um, which I was like, I'm giving her props for that was like an incredible moment in the film but like even just the styling of it she's supposed to be this like summer gal who like lives at the beach and is always surfing and like skinny dipping and stuff but she's like got the most obvious fake tan like spray tan you've ever seen like it's all kind of like clustered around her like the heels of her hands in that obvious like Mm -hmm. giveaway of a spray tan you know Mm. also like 
I think it's been a while since I've seen a Jennifer Lawrence movie, especially in a cinema. And her face is so perfect. Like she's so smooth and shiny that I couldn't stop thinking about that like oil painting poster of mother exclamation mark mm-hmm, yeah. where she's like offering up her like bleeding heart. Um, she looks like, like a cherub on a screen. And so there's just not enough going on for me. Sure. Um, anyway, she was really funny on watch what happens live. <laughs> she was recently where like Andy Cohen asked how much she understood mother. And she was like, look, I was sleeping with the director. So like, I don't know. Four out of ten. <laughs> um, and then suggested that if you are in a movie you don't understand, you should fuck the director. Which I thought was funny. Also, her hair looks amazing. She's wearing a lot of the row lately. So, like, she's redeeming herself in the street style department, I guess. Did you just call the row street style? No, like the photos of her <laughs> yes, no, on I'm the joking, street. <laughs> yeah, the row is, like, supreme, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh, my God. Row supreme collab when... Waiting for that next drop of leather shoes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So that's my that's my like very flawed, problematic take on on no hard feeling. I mean, no hard feelings, anyone. Don't be mad at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't like it. Okay, yeah. Look, that sounds like a plain movie to me. If ever there was one, totally, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Look, I have not been. <laughs> to the cinema because my whole life is films right now but um actually I did go to the cinema um last Friday night an after hours party uh for a dear friend and we screened at her request this is I'm talking about my friend and colleague Kate uh at her request we screened Desperately Seeking Susan on the big screen and it was delightful that's a true celebration. Really great. But what was even funnier was she surprised us and played a Sex in the City episode beforehand. <laughs> oh, my God, fun. Yeah, so it was really, really good. It was such a fun night. Um, this is why she's a programmer. This is why she's a programmer, absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, it was so good to revisit Desperately Seeking Susan on a big screen. Like, what a great – I love that film. I love Susan Seidelman. Perfect performances. Great soundtrack. And it is like inspired by my favorite film, Celine and Julie Go Boating. So there's there's so much in there. There's so much. Is that the one where um remember the three strangers, three perfect strangers? Yeah, they're like in the, it. They're in that's the movie they have a cameo in. Yeah, yeah. three identical strangers. Yeah. Three identical three perfect strangers. Three perfect strangers. <laughs> there are only two perfect strangers, and that is Balky <laughs> and the other one. I can't remember. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, you told me, um, you set a, um, a podcast topic boundary with me a few weeks ago where you were like, coming up to film festival time, I'm not, I can't talk about any movies. And I was like, understood, TV only. Yeah, I'm watching a lot of TV, BL. Um, we'll talk about it in a few weeks, but ripped right through the bear and... You let it rip. God, it was so good. Let it rip. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right, well, we're going to let it rip into a couple of chats about other recent TV shows, beginning with Deadlock, which had its series one finale series finale season one finale perhaps there'll be a second season i hope there's a second season my god um we will let's just talk about it in like a top line way and then we'll get deep into spoilers and we'll actually play a little noise for you so you can pause and then um fast forward till us to a spoiler free zone but um yeah we'll put the um the time code in the show notes because understanding the series finale only aired yesterday by the time this episode comes out so no spoilers but we wanted to talk about it fresh because this is just such a fantastic tv show i think i mentioned on the pod a little while ago that i was lucky enough to go to the premiere of episode one uh and that was so fun to see in a cinema but this is a show that i have been like it's truly been appointment viewing in my household um every friday when it drops on amazon i have really really loved getting to watch this show and like i don't know becoming part of the world of deadlock and it's many oddball characters who you kind of grow to love and want more from um it's set in this small tasmanian town named deadlock um and a murder mystery essentially unfolds there yeah this the setting is so specific and i love how it's not just a town in tasmania but it's it's this idyllic little small town but it's been like monified and like <laughs> yeah. you know the the hobart effect that has seeped throughout tasmania means that this little town has been essentially gentrified by like mainland lesbians yes yeah the the kates kate mcclennan and kate mccartney who um created the show um they did it like a profile in the guardian and kate mccartney said gentrification is always just one store full of knickknacks away (laughs) that's so true (laughs) which is so true because we see in this episode like there's a you know a lesbian women's choir and there's like you know like the the little trinket stores and and whatnot um and the the men of the town are resistant until and after they all start kind of showing up washed up on the beaches and in body bags. Yeah, I I love the um yeah, monification of Deadlock in the fact that there is a arts festival happening, um, the winter festival that is just full of absolutely the worst uh, events you could ever <laughs> hope to attend including the amanda palmer concert that never actually happens i love that the little background detail that there is just so much amanda palmer at this festival is so fucking funny and also it wasn't until like this morning getting ready to talk about this this series that like i had a fucking flashback to like 
the the last pre-COVID monophoma, I was sent by The Guardian to review the festival and Amanda Palmer was literally like the <laughs> artist in residence where she was like set up in a box in like the, the town park or whatever, taking local secrets and was going to compose an original song out of all the stories that she heard throughout the week. And I... I like got I finangled a free like a media ticket which they weren't giving out to the kind of final performance of this song. But <laughs> when I found out that it wasn't just her performing this song, it was like a three hour like conversation, one woman show, TED talk adjacent like show before the song came. I just didn't go. I was like, I don't need I don't need this in my story, sorry. But I did have it like an, an interaction with her oh i've never heard <laughs> not, this not one-on-one but like i was sitting in a cafe in town like work like you know writing working aka just texting and looking at my phone and i looked up and i was like oh that's amanda palmer who's coming to the same cafe as me and she was sitting there was like a bench seat like facing a wall with like a few little benches and she sat in like the most like the fur the one furthest closest to me and she sat up on the bench but it, and she had this big notebook with her, like full of all her ideas and stories, I'm sure. And instead of sitting down and like looking at her notebook, she like turned her body to like face the cafe and just like had her notebook open to kind of like show everyone that she was, I mean, look, I'm projecting, but it seemed like she was like, yes, it's me. <laughs> It is I, Amanda fucking Palmer. We've been getting her name wrong this whole time. It's Amanda fucking Palmer, remember? Oh, sorry. My mistake. Um, So, yeah, she was at the festival (laughs) or didn't show up in the end. That's like when that whole story about was she in New Zealand and she walked into a cafe and they realized she was American and started applauding her. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because when Trump didn't get elected or something yeah (laughs) she's a real no that didn't happen she's a real storyteller she sure is she sure sure is is. (laughs) so she never quite uh turns up in in deadlock um but i love everything else that is happening through the town you've got that spencer tunic-esque photograph being set up of like the naked women on the shore and (laughs) the like dc Z grade Marina Abramovich where you just have to go and like look at a woman sitting there for <laughs> hours and hours. Yeah, it's just so well done. The Kates are just yes, have just written this uh, episode, this season beautifully. Um, I guess, can we get into spoilers? Because we need to talk. We need to talk yeah. here. Yeah, let's get into spoilers. Okay, spoiler noise here. Skip ahead, check the show notes, etc. Okay, Jinxie, what's your, um? what's the first thing you want to cover? Well, firstly, I just want to say I loved all of the constant red herrings throughout this um, this season that it like actually truly kept me guessing. Like same. I, and I loved that every episode you're like, oh, well, that's the killer. Oh, well, those people are the killers, you know, and I, I really did follow along with what they as like you know, showrunners wanted you to believe. And I was very happy mm. to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I have so many red herrings written in all caps in my notes. Um, and like the plotting of the series, you know, eight 
kind of hour, almost hour long. The finale was just over an hour long episodes. Um, there were so many characters and they're kind of that it needed to be as long as it was. And there needed to be as many characters as it was, because you're right. There was like, there were so many potential options for the people, you know, responsible for all of the historic and new (laughs) crimes being committed in this little town. And the way that like, it's so clearly inspired by like real life, true crime, true crime, consumption um you know like nina oyama's character abby is like a total murderino (laughs) whereas like um dulcie played by kate box is um you know very kind of like textbook like understanding researching of of these kinds of crimes um and the discussions that they have about like the way male serial killers operate versus female serial killers and the way that the the suspect flits between the two yep I loved all of that. I loved that um, it was very much about uh, like setting it up for a little while that there was like a medley of murderers, like, you know, the women, like before there was the reveal that the women actually had banded together to, Mm. you know, help one of the characters. Um, that I was like, oh, they're all in it together. They're all, like all these women, like it's all of them. Um, yeah. And I did. And they all did their I am Spartacus <laughs> yeah. moment of like, no, it was actually me. It was me. Yes, totally. And I, yeah, I really, I really went along with that until the second last episode where I was like, oh, it's the forensic, uh, the, it's Jamie. James. Yeah. yeah. It's James or it's Ray. Like I was like, it's got to be one of the two. Totally then, agree. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. How did you feel about the like build up of like, who's it going to be? I, I'm really glad that it ended up being someone that we had spent time with. I really didn't like in, there were a couple of like middle episodes where it was like a red herring that there was like someone hiding out on a boat. It was very, um, uh, what's the Jennifer Love Hewitt, Freddie Prince Jr. Um, I know what you did last summer. I know what you did last summer. Like the, the rain slicker, hood where we didn't see who it was um and I was like I don't want it to be some just like random person picking people off in this town and I'm really glad that um it was someone that we had kind of gotten to know and the twist in that character from the the man who's so sweet and so nice that he softens Eddie um who eventually then that softness and the um, understanding of women and the hatred of men got so warped and twisted in his like demented little brain that um, he could kind of do what he did. Yeah. I really loved when he's like, um, what does he say? So like right at the end, he's like, I like, I'm a better feminist than you or, you know, like it's such a great line um, where he truly believes that he's doing yeah, the Lord's work over here. Gaia's work, as it were. Gaia's work, yeah. But the end of that second last episode where all the men in town are shipped out on a bus and um, and you just see, like, one pair of boots on the bus, I was like, oh, my God, it's giving, like, Michael Myers when they always have to be moving inmates from one jail to another. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, that was a particularly beautiful scene, the uh, final shot of the second last episode, the penultimate mm. episode, when you just see that bus, like, hurtling into the blackness. I just thought that was such a mm. beautiful ending mm. to that episode and, like, just set up, like, 
such a fever for the finale. Yeah, Jinx, you mentioned that that beautiful shot of the bus driving off and like the whole series just looked, it looked so gorgeous and it really kind of um, turned this little sleepy, very familiar kind of country town into something like worthy of such a big story, but also like really specifically highlighted like the, the really, the, the small country town in Australia, like mentality and, style and like the specific kind of fucked up that those places can be to like the people who spend their lives there oh yeah um absolutely and also like the interlopers who are trying to kind of have this new lifestyle and really kind of see the genuine beauty of that town but Mm. are bringing their like city ways i mean the whole kind of new rainbow town situation there is so funny it's like that is such a classically australian thing to do as well like i'm thinking of the rainbow crossing that's like gone into or going into dalesford in victoria you know some small towns that i've spent time in in new south wales as well where you kind of you're like oh this is really cute and then you're like i am not meant to be here yeah but it's also that layer of like the interlopers and the gentrification over the the people who have lived there for centuries or decades or whatever overlaid on a story of colonization that's also like really present in the series in like a really impressive kind of way the you know our first the first characters we meet are the two um like first nations teenage girls and their their stories are like as as relevant to the whole series they never go away their family stories are built out um and the way that like colonization and like it's you know they're making sure you don't forget that colonization occurred before gentrification did absolutely Um, yeah it's done in such an impressive way in this show i don't think i've seen it done this well in an australian or you know any tv show truly Mm. um i really loved as you said that it the story of those two teenage girls that it does flow right through to the finale so they kind of get their own you know big finale moment of Pamela Rabe my god I love Pamela Rabe and she is just so good in this um you know like defending her so-called land right right up until the end (laughs) and like the twist in that character I thought was fantastic um that she was you know had this public front as this, you know, white woman who was doing this Maggie Beer. Wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Something fabulous for um, you know, these indigenous girls. Um, but actually she yeah, it's just a it's just a front as it it reminded me a little bit of Jackie, the player so at MTC mm. the other week that I mentioned. Oh, yeah. Um but yeah, I just thought it was great and particularly Catania Maynard as Miranda was just such a great performance. I've never seen her before. Mm. I want to see her in everything. Yeah, she was so great. Um, the cast, I mean, yeah, those young actors, the locals, the supporting world really just like really thrilled me every episode. Like, I mean, you know, there's the star of the show. I'd never seen Kate Box in anything before. I never watched Wentworth. I She was completely new to me and I'm just like, you're so she's so like stately and composed, but also like hot and like, 
falling apart at certain points in the series. Um, Susie Yusuf was so funny and so well used, like the kind of comedic players that they brought in to play these like really funny, but also very dramatic roles was really great. Yeah, I really enjoyed Susie's performance in this as well and love Kate Box. Um, yeah, I thought that performance was great. I, I know that the, Madeline Sammy's portrayal of Eddie kind of rubbed some people the wrong way um, and I really loved seeing people like in my little social media bubble who were like posting what they thought of Deadlock every week of like of like really softening on that character as the character softens in the show I'm one of um, them. by design yeah. of being like oh actually it's really great you know yeah um, there was something maybe it was you know we're supposed to take it as like there was this kind of performative like macho distance that that character needed or felt like she needed to have at the very start but yeah the the voice work didn't I didn't love it in the first few episodes I, I found it I struggled quite a bit to like connect to anything in her character and then yeah by the end you know they they made such a good little team her and Delise <laughs> Delise I loved that what a good what a good final line such a final beat but also Kath Kath went on a real journey throughout sexy. this series sexy sexy Kath um, did you think it was going to be Kath at one point? Because uh, I did. Absolutely. Especially when Kath was um, standing in as everyone's lawyer. So was getting the whole story. I was like, this would be a brilliant fucking twist if Kath is like keeping tabs on this investigation in this way because she kept showing up. She kept bringing in lunches and like that idea that Dulcie was too close to the women in town to fully take them seriously as suspects which the you know the the brutal misogynistic police commissioner character like really like to highlight but um I was like god that I don't know if I can I can bear for Dulcie to be so betrayed <laughs> yeah just really hope people see this show like it's just such a great Australian show so great it's a great show yeah and it, it it has appeal I think internationally like there's a I'll put in the show notes there was a review in Vanity Fair that was really good in that Guardian profile I mentioned earlier which I'll also link um the Kates mentioned that they they wanted to make an Australian show that was for Australians to watch and not kind of over explaining or over contextualizing things for an American audience, which obviously there's probably a real risk of doing if you know that it's going to be airing somewhere like Amazon. Yeah, there are very specific words and um, references in the show that I really, really enjoyed. Mm. I'm going to be doing a full rewatch now in the way that I love to do when I know the ending so that I can look for clues. Yeah, I'll get there and I hope that there's a season two. Yeah, me too. I want to see them solving crimes up in Darwin. Yeah, me too. Some like weird top end murder. With some like Beautiful. Bob Bobcatter type <laughs> larrikins. <laughs> Is that what we're calling him? I guess so. I don't know. Maybe. Sure, sure. I don't know. I need a synonym for larrikin for that one. <laughs> Okay, another show that is going to need a spoiler noise as well. Sorry, but like keep up, keep up. It's the idol. It's finale was this week. I was resistant at first, but it claimed me. The idol did claim me. I really enjoyed this absolutely stupid show, BL. You got idol pilled. 
I, I got idol pilled. I had to say, I, I joined Ted Ross's group. <laughs> oh my god! Now you can just sleep on the floor, draped over other bodies. <laughs> that's how. That is how I like to sleep. So yeah. that's beautiful. <laughs> no nightmares in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to be taking this medication around them. Um, okay, so. Should we just talk finale with this or what do you want to do, Bia? No, let's just go finale. Which I thought was, in my notes I wrote, the finale was an absolute heinous disaster. (laughs) (laughs) Because you felt the, like, to contrast it to Deadlock, a comparison that no one else would ever make. Like, I feel like Deadlock had many threads and it, you know, slowly and methodically tied them all up until we got to a conclusion. The idol, I feel like you could feel Sam Levinson behind the camera desperately trying to remember how to tie knots because every single plot point was just like either abandoned or crammed into like five minutes of exposition of like my fave cadre of characters like Eli Roth, Hank Azaria and Jane Adams standing around an empty stadium being like, we sure told him we set that, we made that guy disappear with an article in Vanity Fair. Now look, our tour sold out in six weeks and here we are six weeks later uh, and everything's good and Jocelyn's great. She's the biggest star in the world. So we got what we needed from him. Thanks. Never see you him again. What? <laughs> You're so right. You're so right. It was devastating because they were so, they were so funny. They were the like iconic kind of, you know, supporting characters of this series, along with Devine Joy Randolph, who was just oh, so great. She's so great. I spent so long going like, where do I know her from? Where do I know her from? And it was like, oh, the cop in Only Murders in the Building, but also that Sandra Bullock movie that we loved. The Lost that A number of listeners have gotten in touch with me to say that movie was terrible and I oh, still think it's good who oh I've had a few dms about that one I've watched it a second time since you recommended <laughs> it to me I love it um oh well different stro- strokes for different folks I guess sure. um I feel like there were uh, so many plot turns in the last two episodes of the idol which were they were all just like too sudden and like too severe and I didn't buy like any of them the idea that like Diane um aka Jenny from Blackpink told Jocelyn that she got her record deal and would be releasing (laughs) I'm a freak and immediately Joss just like put all the pieces together about Tedros and what his plan was and how he was obsessed with her and went to the club and blah, blah, blah. But also like Troy Sivan gets shot collared like twice and is like, okay, yeah, I'm going to ruin this guy's life and career with a photo and like a sexual assault accusation. And then that went nowhere also. I mean, like it turns up in the finale, but then it's also, yeah, you know, like Jocelyn is upset and then she throws Tedros out, but then six weeks later like what happened to that guy yeah. did his face still get covered up in the marvel film i yeah don't know is his life completely ruined also like what's what are we- and is she fine with that yeah they seem all fine with that and like leia to take like rachel Sennett's not that i needed like a big moral monologue but like leia kind of became like the moral center of the show and to kind of just write her out with this invisible off-screen like letter or like goodbye I felt was really I don't know it didn't feel earned um but even like the you know that big 
showcase that went for like an hour in the final episode like all the you know the Eli Roths in the room um I wish there was more of him I find Eli Roth so fucking sexy yeah. but oh whoa I was yeah. gonna say funny but okay funny and hot yeah but like that all, that he kind of and all of them went from like I hate this what is this where's Joss this is a waste of our time to like wow this guy can really find talent we will sell this tour out in merely six weeks before we take to the stage of SoFi Stadium with five no-name support acts I guess it felt to me it's like Maybe they all started in like A and R, going to like all these like small gigs and seeing the you know first supports. But now they're just like, oh wow, you're great! Like this is I've never seen anyone with a voice this good. Yeah. you're incredible. Like you're hired. Like I thought such like a- Susanna Song singing her crocodile song mm. to Destiny in like episode four or five, three or four. I was like because we knew that destiny was in there putting on a front of supportiveness to then take the truth back to Jaime. I was like, Oh, she's putting on a front of liking this song. But then she turned around and she was like, this girl's amazing. These lyrics. I was like, what? I don't know how to, how to follow this story anymore. I thought that she genuinely really liked the song and that performance, but uh, all we ever get is just a chorus as well. Yeah. Like, I'm just, I, you just hear these little choruses. It's so, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Like that sizzle reel essentially of mm. their performances killed me a little bit. Yeah. It was like going to a bad showcase at a music conference. Truly. But... It was big sound vibes. <laughs> it was big sound vibes. I was going to say CMJ. Oh yeah. yeah. I remember yeah, CMJ. CMJ. <laughs> Um, but, and I don't need to revisit that, I suppose, no. but I did enjoy how, um, haggard the weekend looked in that scene. Yeah. I was, that was, it was the most best. acting he did the whole series. Yeah. And I felt like, that's great. He looks clammy, you know, he looked really clammy and I thought that was a good Performance, And I think that that's saying something about his performance in general, if that is the thing that I'm commending him on, is yeah. looking clammy in a scene. <laughs> but what did you think of the actual ending? I, I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I think I actually Same. out loud said, what? Okay, first of all, imagine going to the weekend show at that stadium and Lily Rose Depp comes out and is like, I want you to meet the love of my life. Like, that would be so baffling, which is how they shot it. Um, I don't know. I kind of feel like they they didn't know where to take this idea that, like, the people around her think they know what's best, but what she actually wants is to be in control. And, like, that that seed was planted at the start of episode one where they're like the intimacy coordinator says we're just showing side boob and under boob but they're like but she wants to show her full tits and it's like okay that is like empowering and she has the agency to do that and she should versus this guy's assaulting her abusing her but she's getting off on it and so it's like a kink but actually she really loves being in an abusive relationship and now she's becoming like the manipulator and the abuser and that's feminism question mark you're mine now it's like oh the idea of the hairbrush like some people were like oh was she lying was that not really the hairbrush that her mum hit her with that everyone else hit her with in episode three but i just took it as like 
when he said this is a new hairbrush i was like yeah because she's like starting over fresh or like it's it's for him only to use on her or something like the idea that he would be brought back i just felt like the show didn't understand itself no and i feel like i didn't want to waste too much of my brain trying to work out the hairbrush and where Joss was at by the end of it because I don't think that the show Mm. knew anything and not in that kind of like fun you know Lynchian you know like who knows what it is whatever you think is it is it is true like this is just like this and nothing means like anything anything Mm. means nothing there's not very much going on here yeah and I think it's still thinks that is there is a lot going on and it oh, yeah. is saying a lot about contemporary America but uh I don't really think it is but I will say it was extremely fun to watch I loved how torrid it was it just went to these like disgusting places like was really grubby but with like good lighting it was yeah. grubby with good lighting it was the whole show yeah the highs and that of like that, me. that second episode the like noiry photo shoot where or music video shoot where she's like just pushing herself and pushing herself until she's like bleeding and crying and sweating and like can't stand anymore in her shoes like that was the peak for me that like fallen glamour like Mm. like the the that was the true like real quote-unquote real underbelly of the music industry I thought yeah and that was the episode that drew me in was when I saw that I was like oh okay I'm Mm. following this to the end Mm. Um, my girlfriend said something funny when we were watching it the other night, the finale, she's just, we were talking about the clothes that Lily Rose Depp wears or does not wear. And she said, just looks like she's walked through cobwebs all the time. Like she's just like walked through this piece of material and it sort of got stuck to her and there's like no shape or rhyme or reason to it. Yeah. I think, you know, we know that this was originally going to be a six episode series and they cut it down to five and there were all these behind the scenes dramas going on. Amy Simons was removed, et cetera. Sam Levinson took the reins. Um, the weekend didn't want like a female centric show. Um, but I almost feel like if they had, like, if you want to keep episode six as it is or episode five as it is, sure. Add in like an episode between four and five where we see Jocelyn becoming this like, you know, brutal, controlling, dominating person. Like if you're going to, tell this story about this woman who's completely fine with her ex-boyfriend being framed for like assault have her do that like really sell it like don't don't half-ass it you know what I mean like make her say the things that she's we're supposed to just assume now I'm just advocating for like more exposition I guess but like you know which is the thing we don't usually don't want usually in a want. show but like have her and Leia have a conversation or like make I don't know, Troy Sivan, like, say more than just, like, singing George Harrison, which I actually quite liked. Yeah, that was fine. Yeah. Um, it was fine. Um, did you read there was a review of the finale in The Guardian UK and it was the most boring review, it, like, ever one star. <laughs> and it was, like, the idol finale of one of the worst programs ever made. And it's so, like, truly pearl-clutchy, this review. It made me like the finale so much more. Yeah. 
Yeah. I keep coming back to that line from Hazel Sills's uh, NPR piece that I mentioned. The last time we talked about the idol, that phrase she used, which was Bush era raunch, mm-hmm. which I just kept thinking about because of like where uh, like repression and like conservatism is at the moment that I was like, look, I'm going to be on the side of this show, despite the fact that I hated the finale and I thought it wasn't like very well written and it kind of went off the rails, not kind of, it fully went off the rails, but like, I'm going to be on the side of like an original piece of television that really pushes against the idea of like tidiness and like safeness and like, um, very dull and like repressive sexual politics. Truly, this show is the opposite of beige fluencing, and because of that, I support it. Yeah, we're idol pilled. Like, <laughs> sorry, but not sorry. Um, I have a see also, which is a piece on Slate. It came out when there were only, I think, two or three episodes of The Idol out, so I'm not sure if there's like an update since this, but it's by Jenny G. Zhang, and it's called Inside the Idol is a Better Show Begging to be Let Out. Um, and I just liked that they talked about, um, that Jenny talked about uh, Levinson's directing and said, you know, the kindest thing you could say about it is that he would make absolutely killer music videos. He really excels in creating this like visually sumptuous work accompanied by a gorgeous score and then says it comes close to distilling what everyone under the age of 25 means nowadays when they say vibes. Yeah. Yeah, the idol's vibes. Yeah, it is vibes. Yeah. Not great vibes, but vibes. Yeah, pretty cursed vibes when you <laughs> when you boil it down, but I mean they're there. All right, it's time for also also's Jinxie. I want to hear your recommendations this week. What's your first one? My first one is a follow also from Instagram because I know everyone's doom scrolling, obviously, but this one is lights up my little world when I see it. It's um, at Viewmaster Bex. We'll link it um, on Instagram. She's a writer and editor, but she also collects Viewmaster reels. I was really obsessed with my Viewmaster when I was a child. And uh, she posts from her collection almost daily. So she'll like scan these old Viewmaster reels and they, you know, run from everything from a trip to like Universal Studios in like the early 70s to some kind of like more modern um, animation or something like that. Anyway, they're really beautiful and the way that they scan is really lovely. It's just like a nice aesthetic to to have in your life a nice follow yeah um my first one is a read also you don't need i'm sure i'm not the first person to recommend this book i know i'm not it's emma klein's new book the guest jinxie is also reading at the moment we're going to be talking about it more on a future episode but i just finished it absolutely demolished it like i said i was reading this when i watched no hard feelings and the idea of like a beautiful woman in this like luxe rich seaside town full of rich people. Um, I really connected to, uh, it also kind of reminded me of like Safety brothers films, like anxiety inducing. There's no, no good can come of this kind of vibes. Um, 
and you know I've seen a lot of I'm not spoiling anything but I've seen a lot of like reviews and people in my DMs asking me how I felt about the ending of the book um and I guess some people are like not happy with how it ended but um I really enjoyed the whole book and on the latest episode of uh sexy unique podcast one of my faves on their bonus episode they kind of talked about their theories for the ending so it's a little companion listen if you like me are still just can't get this book out of your waking nightmares oh yeah that's i'm see i'm halfway through so i can't wait to see where it goes can't wait to discuss uh, my next one is a subscribe also. It's this substack of a writer that I've mentioned here before, but it was a different subscription last time. This one is The Life and Errors of Molly Young. She is a New York-based writer that I've been following for many years. Uh, she writes for a lot of publications. She used to do a lot of great celebrity profiles, but seems to have walked that back a little bit. But I didn't realize that she still had her own newsletter going until like last week. So I think she started again late last year. It's all behind a paywall. I, you know, what are you going to do? Anyway, it's a mollyyoung.substack.com. And yeah, I just like to be in her brain for a bit. Mm, That name is so familiar to me. I feel like I would have read a bunch of her profiles in the past. Um, My next one is... Uh, watch also it's John Early's comedy special now more than ever which is on binge in Australia Um, as the title card (laughs) tells you play it loud bitch Um, John Early is like one of my favorite comedians and I really love uh, he's like played with the structure of this like stand-up show he's got a full band and they kind of go into these like mockumentary style like 70s band doco bits where he's like the insufferable you know, Lindsay Buckingham type uh, front man of this uh, kind of beleaguered, long-suffering band. Um, he has some really great bits on uh, the language of the Bon Appetit Test Kitchen, where he talks about the crispity, crunchity, lemony, garlicky uh, cooking <laughs> and descriptions that they do. And the fact that both Carla Lali Music and Molly Baz, the two uh cooks from Bon Appetit who perpetuated that kind of language for many years have posted this clip on their social media I feel like is a real full circle moment um he also does an extended bit about how embarrassing it is to go bowling and how performing performative it can be to like do your little bowl and then turn around and know that everyone's looking at you and have to kind of be like what I don't even care what was that which played through my head the entire time that I have been bowling recently and I felt like <laughs> you're it's basically being on a stage. <laughs> That's really funny. I can't wait to watch that. I'm looking forward to getting to that at some point in my life. Um, my last one is look, it's a Melbourne dog also. It's extremely specific, but look, I think a lot of our Melbourne listeners have dogs, um, according to my DMs. And I have mentioned this thing to a few friends recently and they're like, you're lying. This is not, this is not happening. But look, if you're trying to cut back on like plastic and you tend to treat your dog quite a lot, like I do, you need to go to, and I hate to like wrap a corporate here, but you need to go to the Coles, the gentrified Coles on uh, Johnson street in Fitzroy because they have a whole wall that is a dog pick and mix. 
Like oh, pick and mix lollies, fun. but dog treats. <laughs> yeah, totally. So you pay by weight uh, and so you can reuse the bags, etc. Anyway, it's next to a fridge that is entirely filled with dog ice cream. <laughs> they know their audience. They know their audience. I'm sure there's one coming to Air One soon, but uh, <laughs> until then, yeah, get along to the Coles. In Fitzroy on Johnston Street for your pick and mix needs. Finally, Top Chef can experience the thrills I did going to Target in the 90s and their big pick and mix wall. Um, my last one is a donate. Also, Mutual Muse in Brunswick and Northcote are currently taking winter donations that are going to uh, be passed along via the Community Union Defence League in Melbourne to people who are sleeping rough. This winter, um, they posted about uh, collecting winter jackets and coats, gloves, blankets, quilts, sleeping bags, socks, things of that nature. Um, Not really clothes, but like outerwear and warm things. Um, And they flagged they're especially in need of uh, plus sizes of the clothing. So I've got a little pile of stuff I've been meaning to donate or sell. And now I'm just going to take it straight there and they'll get it to people who need them. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a recap of the MIF program for this year. Uh, we've got some inside goss from one Miss Kate Jinx. Um, <laughs> if you are enjoying See Also, please share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at See Also Podcast. And you know the drill. Go to Apple Podcasts. Five-star review. Leave a little rating. Wait. The opposite. Five-star rating, leave a little review because they're our favourite thing to read. They really are. Uh, And thanks, as always, to Samuel Hodge for our original imagery and Harvey Sutherland for our theme music. See ya. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.